Hello and welcome back to the third transmission of Unedited, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lauren, and today I am together here with a dear, dear sister, Kat Kierens. So I will open the floor to her and invite her to just make an introduction, let her know who she, or let us know who she is. Thank you, Kelsey. I'm so excited to be here chatting with you. As always, always a pleasure. Um, yeah, I'm Kat Kierens, and I am a certified holistic health coach, and I help people overcome stress and anxiety naturally, typically using embodiment, somatic practices, subconscious work, and really le- learning to lean into trust, to trusting ourselves and our body um, from a very holistic approach not a one size fits all approach, but a, you know, we're all individuals. So that's kind of what I do. Um, and hmm, that's all I have to say about that. Beautiful. <laughs> so the conversation that we're here to have today is a little bit around the idea of sisterhood. Um, Kat and I were brought together very synchronistically and beautifully around a time in both of our lives where things were really starting to fall apart and we had both found ourselves in the same classroom at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition studying to become health coaches and we just happened to connect and develop a really beautiful friendship from there. We've both coached each other for a duration of time And with that has come a really beautiful intimacy and connection. And I'm sure on your end, I know on mine, a lot of edges, right? Confronting a lot of different aspects of navigating relationship with other women and trying to really show up intimately as who you are and honor the other person at the same time and really grow together and create an environment where you're both safe and you're both held, but you're also both calling each other forth to your potential and to excellence and supporting each other along the way. So I would love to just invite you to kind of share your perspective on our relationship thus far, and then we can dive into whatever rabbit hole we move into from there. (laughs) I love it. I was just thinking about, I have such a memory of you and I having our first consultation. It was like a mock consultation through IIN. And that's where we met was through that school. And I remember exactly where I was sitting. I don't know why I remember it so specifically, but I remember us just having so many things in common, like both into climbing, both having a Volkswagen Golf. Like there were so many things that were small, that were relatable. And I remember thinking like, this is too weird. You know, this is too weird that out of everybody in our class, there's probably thousands of people that you and I ended up meeting. And we ended up coaching and and each other for what, a year and a half after we initially met? Something like that. Oh, about that. Yeah. And I think especially because we were working in the same field or hoping to work and trying to work and and kind of evolving into the coaches that we are today and will continue to evolve into, that there was a lot of uncomfortable growth that needed to happen. And we both kind of were consistently 
pulling each other in a direction or kind of showing each other a light in a way that might have felt uncomfortable at a certain point, right? For me, mm-hmm. I can definitely say that you have been one of um, a really big teacher for me, either as a mirror or either quite directly. <laughs> so like, you should do this, or I can see the energetics here. Maybe you never said you should do this, but <laughs> you could really see my energetics of what the next kind of step was for me. And so there was always, there was always room for kind of um, deepening our relationship through hard times. Like I remember when you were trying to kind of get to the next level in, you know, many different realms. I think it was at the time it was like your, your coaching and seeing where that was going to take you. And we were still holding each other back. Right. And you brought this up and you were like, you know, I think that we're holding each other back. And I still remember that call being difficult for me, being like, oh, "Oh." I thought I was going to vomit. I was so (laughs) nervous. I was just like, oh, my God, she's not going to be friends with me after this. (laughs) No, but it was such a beautiful breakup, like if we can call it that, right? And it wasn't a breakup. It was just like the end of, of that, right? There was nothing at that point that I was teaching you. And there was, yeah. you know, in from my end, there was still a lot that I could learn from you. And so there was like this kind of like, oh, oh, I see. And my ego was, you know, definitely, it, it definitely felt it. But that I never let that get in the way of anything. I felt it and acknowledged it in myself, but then went, our relationship is too great for me to ever, like, I could only see how this was beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. And actually to me. So it was easy for me to like, even though I had my ego come in, it was easy for me to kind of zoom out and look at it and go, "Mm, this is actually better for both of us, which does definitely take a little bit of awareness um, and coming into your body and knowing that you're, you're your whole self, regardless if someone wants to work with you or not, right? Mm, Yeah. And I think to that point too, right? Like, it's not that the relationship was ending, but there was a very obvious point where it needed to shift and it needed to evolve. And that can be a really scary thing to navigate with another person because you're not sure necessarily where they stand or how they might receive you articulating what you're feeling. And um, I just, I'm like, forever grateful at how gracious you've always been when I've taken really hard things to you and we've both been able to acknowledge in those conversations where and how we're feeling triggered and what feels really tender and maybe it's that we need to step away for a little bit to be able to revisit how the relationship is going to change from that point on but the baseline has always been this like honesty And this like mutual love and respect. And I think what's really beautiful is that because we've kind of grown up together in this, I guess, work or expression of ourselves, there's this inherent like, I just, I want to cheer you on forever and ever and ever, right? And it's like, who am I to stand in your way? And also, I'm always going to be here to like, push your edges a little bit, right? And if we can't do that in a coaching container, hell, it'll be way more fun to do it as friends because then there's no there's no confines. Yeah, I think that that's, yeah, I think that's beautiful that you bring that up just because there, there are so many times when, 
you know, I could see if I was a different human, how I could see you going to the next steps. You know, there was so many times where I could, I was quoting, well, let's say envious that you mm. weren't in another job and that you had the time to be making a course, right? And I was still working in government and wasn't making it a priority for myself, felt very lost, didn't know if it was what I wanted to do. There was so much going on. And there could, been, there could have been so many ways that I would have put you on this. Um, I could see other people putting you on a pedestal or putting you um, or even. Um, it's so funny. As soon as I'm like, oh, right, this isn't being edited. I get in my head and I'm like, <laughs> I sound like, no, but that we could get jealous of people and that we there's can, like a hierarchy, right? Yeah. And we can tear yeah. other people down and instead I've always just thought like from the very beginning, I mean, I think it was probably week two that we knew each other. I was like, I so believe that you are going to make it. And I unwaveringly believe that about you. I was, I wanted to be your cheerleader no matter what. And, you know, there are people that have made me feel envious or made me feel jealous, but for some reason, I only ever saw you as just like, as as your own entity. It wasn't, we were doing such different things too. I think that helped, but I always wanted to see you grow and I could always see that there was so much more for you. And it's been so beautiful to watch. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I just remember being, I don't know, baby cat and Kelsey (laughs) (laughs) and you were such a big source of like, you were like this mama bird, right? Like I was watching you show up in the public eye on your platform, sharing, being in videos. I remember that was such a huge like barrier for me was like showing my face on an Instagram story or letting my voice be heard. And I think one of the really beautiful things about that piece of our relationship was in true manifester form, right? You were such a catalyst. It was permission giving, watching you saying yes to that vision and actually doing it and showing up for it. And I think that really helped me to feel okay and feel safe, but also to go at my own pace. And I think there was this recognition, right? Like you said, we were doing very different things and that almost took away the competition that a lot of the times, I mean, especially as women, right, we can get so wrapped up in this comparison, competition game and see another woman winning and make it mean something about you. And I think that differentiation between where we were going was just enough for it to be more excitement and like, oh yes, like this woman is like holding a frequency for me and I get to choose to either rise up or hold a different one and be at the same kind of, you know, we were equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's, um, it's so true. It's like, we're, we're definitely on different paths. There's a lot of I think there's a lot of overlay, but we have such different verbiage around so many things that it just doesn't even seem like it's on this, you know, we're just on different pages sometimes, but then we come together and you and I talk and we're like, oh, well, we're actually, we're talking about a lot of the same things, right? Which is just kind of fascinating, but it's been so cool to watch you grow. And I think that you brought up a really good point of like the sisterhood wound has been, you know, it's, it's not something I'm, (laughs) I'm unfamiliar with. Um, 
for some reason, there's been something that you and I have, have done where to me, it hasn't been present as much. I'm sure it's come in here and there and I've, it's come up and I've been jealous or it's come up and I've been like, oh, she did that thing. I wish I could do it, but it's never been a theme and it's never stayed for more than a few seconds. If it, I I can't even remember if it has come up to be honest, Mm -hmm. but for me, the sisterhood wound has been really real. You know, if there are, you know, and, and I'm not sure like, what did you and I do differently? It was it just the, the intense honesty, like I can, I know that you came to me with some honest, hard conversations. Was that the differentiator? I mean, any time that I've had issues with other women, and I say that with <laughs> a grain of salt, um, it's often because one of us were not showing up fully right? There was something that we were hiding from the other person that we didn't want to be seen, that we didn't want to honor within ourselves. And so, yeah, I think that is a really big factor around like, and I don't know what it was that initially created that safety between the two of us and that trust. Chalk it up to like God working through us. I don't know, but like, it's just, it's felt really like it's this beautiful relationship where we both really challenge each other in a lot of ways, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like we haven't been through shit and had to face some really like ugly things with each other. I mean, the first time you met me in person, I was like, (laughs) that was one of the most embarrassing situations of my life. (laughs) You have to mention it. Okay. For context. So that was like the year after I broke my ankle, right? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2017, I broke my ankle rock climbing and Kat helped me through that entire ordeal like an angel. And I just could not escape injuries at that point in my life. And so in February of 2018, I got rear-ended in a car accident and had like back problems. And then my partner and I went on another climbing trip to Squamish. And because Kat was in BC, we were like, oh yes, like let's meet in person. Let's like hug each other in real life. And we did. And the day that Kat came to meet us, we were bouldering off in the forest somewhere. And I don't know what I even was doing. Like I was hiking. I wasn't even climbing. I was just like walking back out to go greet her in the forest. And I bashed my head into a rock and concussed myself and was like literally seeing stars and couldn't stand. So Kat shows up and I'm just like crying and I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing. Like, this is not how I wanted to meet you. But that was our introduction. And it was very memorable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then we spent the next bit going to the hospital because you had to yeah. go to the hospital. So then yeah. we didn't even really get to like have a conversation until no. the next day, I feel like, because no. you were concussed. Yeah. Yeah. I was like out of commission. It was so ridiculous and just beyond like, I don't know. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. And um, then I would say too that like, you know, one of the other harder conversations was kind of that like you know, coaching breakup moment. And then one of the more like recent ones, right. Where we had that conversation about like me using your, your coaching, um, 
your group coaching call on my program, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we unpack that a little bit? I don't know if there's anything you want to share from your perspective first or. Um, I mean, ultimately what I wanted for my, for my coaching group was to bring in Kelsey and to chat about human design um, because it's been so transformational in my world and so thankful for you, Kelsey, because you brought it into my life. Right. So um, I've learned human design through you. You've been my teacher. I wanted to have you on. And so we did a group session. It was lovely. Um, I recorded it and wanted to have it in, you know, so that the women that were coming through my program would be able to see it and be able to have access to you going forward. And everyone loved your, your session, by the way. Awesome session. Like still getting great feedback from it. Um, but there was a big miscommunication, right? There was my assumption, which <clears throat> what is it, what do assumptions do? <laughs> they make an ass out of you and me is mm-hmm. the saying. <laughs> um, I, and I don't, I really don't remember the details. I, I must have just not mentioned it. But mm-hmm. in my brain, it was, yeah, we'll record this session and anyone that comes through my unbound container will be able to see it going forward. Um, so that they can see you, so they can get the the messages, etc. But you weren't on the same page as that. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guess either we didn't have an explicit conversation yeah. about it, or like something just was missed, lines yeah. crossed, and um, yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise when I learned that. Well, I, somebody had sent me a screenshot of me on YouTube and I was like, wait a second, I've never uploaded myself to YouTube. What is happening? <laughs> to be and, fair, it was um, a private link. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but I think it was more just being taken off guard and a little bit of a like, what the fuck moment. And my first inclination was like, I have to talk to Kat. Like, I've got to clear the air. Like, I need to make sure that we're on the same page so that neither of us is feeling like we're being put out or dishonored. And I also, similarly to the the coaching breakup conversation, right, I had, like, knots in my stomach. I was like, oh, God, like, how do you even bring this up in a way that doesn't, like, sound shitty? (laughs) So I, I hope that I communicated it gracefully. Um, but basically I just, I opened the door for you to communicate like what, where you're at, how you're using it, what your intentions were for that particular content. And just to like open up that transparency, which I think, like I said, right, every relationship, the more transparent and open and intimate you can be, the easier it is to coexist. Yeah the more human it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was like a really scary conversation for me to have. And it was interesting because only a few months before that, I had had this really interesting issue come up where for the first time in my life, I had just released some content, a program. And I had spent months like curating the branding and the marketing and the format and everything. I poured my soul into it and 
somebody on the internet decided to replicate it more or less and it felt really strange right to just like have all of that heart soul and hard work get used in a way that just like wasn't wasn't consented to and so it brought that up for me a little bit again when I saw that happen and I knew like obviously that was not where you were going with it or what was going on but that was it poked a little bit of a wound for me that um I think I needed to revisit in a way to just like really anchor into like what's mine is mine and it doesn't matter who is borrowing it who is inspired by it who is straight up using it that's my energy signature in it and that's Mm -hmm that's palpable, right? And so I think in bringing that to you, that was kind of the energy that I was carrying as I had the conversation and then just really had like good faith, right? And I think that's a really important ingredient for a relationship of any kind to work is that you don't think that the other person is like out to get you. They're not Uh. trying to fuck you over, right? And just like having trust and, and the ability to allow you to come forth right with your side of the story and come to a mutual agreement was really important for me in that situation yeah well I think I brought this up on our phone call when we had about this it was just that it's like classic like you know a manifester getting stuck in not informing and it just causes like it's like oh crap I know I'm supposed to inform like I screwed up somewhere so yeah, ultimately when I first received your message, I was like, my heart sunk and immediately I was like, oh my gosh, poor Kelsey, like this must like, cause I immediately knew what it would have felt like to be on the other side, to not know that this was being used, that the recording was being used for the other people in the program. And I was like, oh, that would feel so crappy. And, and I just got it. There was just a lot of empathy. And I was just kind of mad at myself for having screwed up or for, you know, we could have even just quickly gone over a contract or something, right? Like there, there's so many ways you can get go around this now in hindsight, right? And so I immediately just got back to you and just said, yeah, you know, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Let's make sure we clear the air. And we got on the phone the next day. And, um, you know, for me, whenever I go into hard conversations, it's always a matter of, you know, it's so funny because you were just saying this, but it's always a matter of like, give someone the space to explain how they feel. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately wanted to know how you felt and, you know, what that initial instinct was when you first saw that you were on YouTube and how, you know, where your mindset was and and how that affected you. And then that kind of opened up us to have an actual conversation of like, okay, and this was my intention here on the other side, which was that like, I wanted to like lift you up and to have you in my program and that it was by no means like, the center point of my program at all. It was just like, this can also be helpful for you all. And I think that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was helpful to be able to see that it's like, you know, I had good intentions in the process. Tell me a little Mm -hmm. bit about how, how it was to receive that. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that you, this is a really big one. I even like preemptively titled this transmission, intimacy, self-accountability, and sisterhood, right? Mm -hmm. And I personally, and this is like a whole other conversation that we can have, accountability is an inside job, right? Nobody can make you take accountability for anything. They can only give you opportunities to show up and step up. And 
I think it was really beautiful and really reinforced just my appreciation for you as a human being that your first response was not to be defensive or triggered, was to hear me, right? And receive what I had to say and take ownership for what you may or may not have done in that particular situation. And I think both of us have continued to show up to this relationship fully self-responsible, right? Like there has never been, to my knowledge, an interaction where there's been finger pointing or blaming or accusing the other person of doing something. And that in itself created the my next reaction of like, oh, this is fine, right? Like it's safe. I can trust her with my work. Mm -hmm. I can trust her with my heart and soul that I poured into that. I can like, she respects me enough to own her side of the street and I can then meet her that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that in itself is what was like, that's all I needed to hear. I think it wasn't a matter of like, take it down, don't use it again. It was just like getting on the same page, like you said at the beginning, right? Totally. And um, this actually brought up another piece because we touched on competition a little bit before. And I remember when we were first starting, there was a little part of me that would see you just like radiating and being on Instagram and being seen and being in the spotlight. And there was a little part of me that felt really small in your presence, right? And you're a manifester. You're powerful. You're meant to like have presence and have impact. And it's taken me a while to kind of calibrate to receiving your impact field, (laughs) but I remember around the same or similar time when you started really dabbling in human design and I had just announced that I was going to be pulling back, right? There was that moment of you had expressed to me like, oh, thank God, because now I can step up. Yeah. I want to get into that because that's like, oh my God, that's my heart just like shattered a little bit when I heard that because I was like, oh oh my God, I I hope that I have never made you feel like there's like not enough space for the two of us when it comes to like anything, but especially human design, like yeah. that it's a tool. It's not my tool. And I just think that everyone has such a beautiful and unique perspective to bring to the table with anything, but I felt more excited to celebrate you and like encourage you and and help guide you in doing that than I did. Oh no, she's going to take clients or like, there's not going to be enough for the both of us here. And so I'd love to like hear your experience, your thought process. I love you to work through. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that you brought this up because I've had similar experiences. Like um, when you know, when my friend Kyra got into, our friend Kyra got into breath work, I was like, I want to get into breath work. And I noticed myself being like, oh, I don't want to step on her toes. So I'm not going to, which is an interesting theme that I've had in my life. Like whenever I've gone off to university or whenever I've gone to do something, I always, I don't intentionally try and do it differently, but I don't want to do things that everyone else is doing because I don't, the, the competition does kind of make me uncomfortable. When it comes to this particular instance, though, 
I don't think I had one, the energy or, or capacity to bring in human design into my world. It was kind of a perfect timing scenario when you were pulling out and I was like, oh, and it kind of gave me this, I'm sure that there was some energetics going on here where you were holding this place in my mind. And then as soon as you weren't in that place, I thought, I want to be in that place. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't like months were going by and I was like, should I do human design? Should I not? It was just like a, it wasn't the right timing. And then it just was. So I think there was a part of it that yes, energetically speaking, you were holding that space. And so I wasn't going toward it, but I don't think I would have anyways, because I just wasn't in the right space. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Totally. And it's really interesting. Like I've been myself like on a little bit of a journey with that particular modality. I just, just, just wrapped up selling human design sessions uh, a few days ago. And there's still a little piece of my heart that sees the value in the tool. Right. And so I've been playing with the idea of like, do I open it up quarterly? I'm going to keep it in my program. Um, and, and the conversation that we had had around, like, basically the taking up the space thing has always been in the back of my mind of like, I don't know, just is, are we both able to coexist and honor our individual paths and acknowledge that like, we're both creating our own kingdom, right? We don't need to be battling each other for a seat atop the throne. It's we get to be coexisting and collaborating even. And I mean, I think we've done that really beautifully throughout the course of our businesses where we've drawn on each other's expertise and we've been able to um, really just like connect with each other in ways that complemented what we're bringing to the table. And I think that still stands with it being related to human design too, right? Like the way that you are bringing it through as a manifester, especially, right? Like you've probably got this really unique way of communicating and guiding people through the experience of human design. Just like for me, I'm bringing through a little bit more of a quantum lens, right? A little bit more, um, I guess like abstract or illogical. And um, I think it's important that we have that variety, right? And that we're able to, um, even if there is crossover, right? Like with you and Kyra, a breathwork session with you and a breathwork session with Kyra is probably a completely different experience. Absolutely. And they're both so rich and so beautiful and such catalysts for healing. And they're both needed, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, even if, you know, I think like, what if you and I were on the same path, right? What mm-hmm. if you and I were doing the same thing? Would it, you know, ultimately speaking, we would still have different clients. Okay. Someone looks at me and someone looks at you. Like we do not, likelihood, we do not attract the same people, right? I'm, we're very different. And mm-hmm. so even if we were on the same path, it's just, it just wouldn't be competition, It's funny because today I posted a post um, on Instagram, a reel, and I have a coaching friend who's an intimacy coach. And 
her reels are about, you know, self-pleasure and orgasm, all those things. And I wanted to do a post about this because it's very relevant to stress and anxiety. And for two days, I was like, should I? Because what if she thinks I'm trying to take her clients? And then I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> One, we don't even have the same clients in the first place. And two, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't own intimacy or self-pleasure or any of those things. And so I just had to go, okay, your ego is so getting in the way here, Kat. Like, take a step back and realize that like, you know, these ideas, these general ones, at least, aren't somebody's and you can make your own twist on them and people are going to see them in a different way. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's something I deal with all the time. Honestly, I don't want to step on people's toes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the same time, I think it's really important that those of us who are coded to be a little bit triggering are able to step into our power to do that. And I I often make the distinguishment of being a space holder versus being a frequency holder. And there's a bit of a process that goes into stepping into the role of holding frequency rather than holding space and being able to be really anchored in like, who am I? What am I about? What am I here to bring down? And how unapologetically can I stand in that? and become totally sealed up and unfuckwithable so that the potency of that frequency is it's like palpable. Yeah. Right? And you can't have that when you're so concerned about looking over the fence at somebody else's frequency or trying not to offend people. I mean within reason we're we're not running around being complete assholes, no. but at the same time, right? Like if there's something to say I know between you and I, right? We're fierce women. We will say what needs to be said, even when it's uncomfortable. And I think that's also a part of like what helps us work together so well is because we're not afraid to go there. Yeah. And kind of like take a little bit of the heat. Yeah. After we do. Well, I think that honestly, like it's actually. It's not, I don't want to say it's addictive as in I'm searching for it because, you know, you and I have been friends for many years and it's not like we have many of these conversations that are hard. They're few and far between, in fact. However, they're really beautiful because they end up creating a stronger bond, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you, but I felt closer to you after our last conversation. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So they think that's really beautiful. It's like we think that these, you know, really vulnerable conversations that are maybe tough and like, you know, bring us to our edge, like you were saying, might result in, you know, an end of a friendship or, you know, a bigger fight or something like that. But if you're in the right headspace, if you've been able to, you know, at least do some internal work, I think that these types of things can be a catalyst for huge evolution in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And individually, right? I think, and and I mean, this is something that I've recognized in a lot of the relationships that I'm able to push edges in, in a safe way, is that the more deep you can go in your relationships, the more deep you can go with yourself, and the more you can expand, right? And step into higher levels of consciousness or 
be that much more powerful as a frequency holder or build your nervous system to a space where you can actually hold confrontation, I say in air quotes, and not have it blow you out because there was that foundational relationship that helped you to feel safe in those situations and to really like root into yourself and start to grow self-trust. And I think relationships are a really beautiful pathway, right, to self-trust because even just the process of getting into a relationship with someone requires you to have some baseline level of self-trust that you're picking the right person. Yeah. Or that you'll be okay if it's not the right person Mm -hmm. and that's okay, right? That you can navigate that whether it works or doesn't work. Mm -hmm. What you... What you were saying just kind of reminded me a little bit of of just something I've been thinking about recently, which is just ma- like choosing choosing my battles. And by that, I don't mean like what are all the battles and which one should I choose to focus on, but literally bringing the battles to me so that I can actually strengthen my nervous system. So what I mean by that is like, what are some things that I can do that that really uh, challenge me so that the other things aren't so scary when they come. So I know it's so simple and everyone does this, but just taking cold showers and just Mm. putting myself in a place where I'm uncomfortable so that I can actually strengthen my nervous system or even just my belief in myself that I can get through hard things. Right. And I think that that conversation ultimately was that too. It's like, you know, I went to bed the night before we were talking and I was like, you know, I am a little nervous, I'm nervous to have a conversation that like, you know, maybe I've hurt someone. It doesn't make me feel good. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it did make me feel stronger and it made me feel like our relationship was stronger too. So it kind of, I mean, I know you're not a cold shower, but it's similar in a a certain (laughs) sense. It's so funny that you bring that up because I have literally been challenging myself to take cold showers and I am like, I hate the cold. I am not a cold person. Like I do not that's why I want to leave Canada because I cannot deal with winter anymore. And it's like, man, it's been so challenging. It's so edgy, like standing in a shower for at least a minute under ice cold water. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like it really, yeah. Yeah. That's you a know, really good analogy. Yeah. But you know, like, and if you can bring those things in and have some sort of semblance of control with them, Then when the things come up out of nowhere, you've at least trained yourself and your mind to know that it can deal with hard things, Mm -hmm. right? And cold shower is kind of a a tame, a tame reality, but it's a good place to start, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's like very edgy if you're not used to it. So (laughs) just like having a hard conversation is, right? If you're not used to, and like, I think with that too, is being able to set boundaries with your friends, with your relationships, with your partners. And I think in part, right, those are something, that's something that we've navigated with each other in, albeit really graceful ways, right? We've both had to assert like, no, I'm not available for this. No, this doesn't feel good for me. Oh yeah, And have had to really be okay with honoring each other, even if that didn't mean that we like got what we wanted out of that situation. Yeah. Well, I, I, I forgot about this, but a couple months ago when I was going to, I'm being trained in a 
process called regenerating images and memory. And I wanted to do a, a mock session with you or it was a real session, but the day that it came, I can't even remember what was going on in my life, but I felt energetically not there. I did not want to go into your subconscious with you. I was like, Mm -hmm. nope. So I messaged you and I remember being, you know, I don't like letting people down. I don't, but ultimately it was for the greater good to let you know, like today is not the day we can't do this. And having that type of boundary is, is not only okay, but necessary. Oh, it's the responsible thing to do. Like as a quantum healer, if I'm off in any way, I refuse to work in someone's field because you have no idea what you can impart unto them. And so it's it's really responsible and respectful. In fact, that's like a really loving thing to do for somebody. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because I didn't, you know, I never I don't have the same training as you, right? My my side is it's just like it's just a different training. And uh it was funny that you were saying that when we were on our call. You're like, no, that was a really good thing for you to do. And I was like, it's a good thing that my intuition was right because, you know, it's it's true though. I didn't want to, but yeah. What other boundary? Were you thinking of any other boundaries or anything? Um, I don't know. That was kind of the first one that actually came to mind yeah. for me. Um, I think even just like when we were coaching each other though, um, I remember we would often get into the conversation at the end of our calls of like homework, right. And instead of just like assigning somebody something to each other, right, we would check in. Does this feel okay for you? Yeah. Is this something you're prepared to meet yourself in? And we've always just kind of had that like open door policy. And that's the point of boundaries, right? It's to create a doorway, not a wall. And the other person can choose to walk through it or not. And that's just been a really beautiful piece of the way that we've been able to grow together. I think is that comfort with the discomfort of boundary setting, the comfort with the discomfort of like, again, like confronting really hard conversations, really hard topics even. And like, even when we were in coaching containers, right, we navigated, we saw like some of our most deep innermost wounding, right? Body image, like shame, sexuality, mm-hmm. all the things, right? Mental health struggles. We've like walked each other through so much of that. And I think that brings a really unique element to our relationship because the context for which we became friends was kind of professional. Yeah. And um, intimate professional though, right? Yeah. Which is a little bit different than than it would be like a coworker. Um but that really allowed us to like to go deep with some boundaries already in place. Yeah. And then we got to choose the friendship after that. Yeah, which is really beautiful cuz we could have come to a determination that like that was it. That you know, we had set up yes, a friendship, but we had been for a year and a half talking every two weeks, is that what we did? I think so, yeah. Every two weeks, which was a lot. And then mm-hmm. we might have, might have. well, I could have taken a, a big offense to it or I could have been like, she doesn't like me, which did flash through my mind. And I thought, nope, I'm going to trust what she said because I always, you know, make up stories. And I'm like, no, you have to trust what people say to you. Mm-hmm. So, well, you don't have to, but <laughs> it's a good place to start. And it could have gone a different way, right? We could have decided not to continue having a friendship, but ultimately we just kept coming back to each other. And I think that's really beautiful because we 
we were able to set up a lot of boundaries and we we both honor our own self discovery self love so much that mm-hmm. it's hard to ever be like disappointed if you have a boundary to set i'm only like yes go kelsey you got this, yeah you know yeah well i think there's that like we know how freaking hard it is to actually set a boundary and stick to it that when like I don't know personally when I see somebody else doing it it might bother me at first and I'm like oh that's not it's gonna take something away from me initially but then there's this like overwhelming sense of like fuck yeah you claim your space you be sovereign over your energy you assert what you need and ask for what you need that is exactly the kind of people we need because those people are capable of leading themselves yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, having the confidence to do it is is huge, but I think that just having the politeness too. Like it's not mm-hmm. about I think so many people are afraid of setting boundaries because they think they're going to be mean. Mm-hmm. Boundaries aren't mean, you know? If you communicate a boundary meanly, it might be taken as mean. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you and I have ever done that. It's only in like the most respectful way possible and I think if people can really lean on that knowing that boundaries can be spoken in a really kind way you know sometimes maybe they need to be more assertive or sometimes they need to be just direct and nothing but when they're friendship ones and they're just like a conversation it can be beautiful it can Mm -hmm. be really beautiful yeah well and it's a really nice way to I guess like know somebody that much more intimately, right? Because your boundaries are a direct reflection of your priorities and your values. And for you to be able to witness somebody come to you and say, you know what, this is what I value right now. This is a priority for me. I need to put that first. And to have the grace and the compassion to get out of the way or facilitate and help them along in becoming more aligned with who they are and feel more full that's like such an honor to have somebody bring you that opportunity in the form of setting a boundary and I can't think of a more like intimate experience than to be able to basically like bet on somebody that way yeah I love that you said that too I think it's some I think that there's something there with the boundaries and you said a beautiful quote. So I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look at it. But it was like, boundaries are a direct reflection of your values and your priorities. Priorities. I love yeah. that quote. And ultimately, like, it's so true. If, if you can, I think there's a, another thing here I want to add, which is if you can learn to accept other people's boundaries with grace, it's so much easier to set your own. So if, mm-hmm. if people are having a hard time setting boundaries, look at like where you're not accepting other people's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're not, it might be really small too. Like maybe it's that you don't accept that your mom wants you to take your shoes off at the door still, mm-hmm. you know, like where are the boundaries that you're not accepting? That was a weird, <laughs> a weird one, but you know, so I, I think that because you and I respect each other's boundaries so much, it's so much easier to tell you what my boundary is because I know you respect it and I respect yours. Yeah. Mm, so good. Um, 
I'm really curious to know, kind of going back in time a little bit, when we broke up, quote unquote, from our coaching relationship, what got catalyzed for you after moving through the licking our wounds phase? What did Mm. that open up? Yeah, I'm trying to like place myself in in where I was and what timing that was. And I, I do remember because it was probably what, November of 2019 or something like that or October. Mm-hmm. Does that ring a bell? I think it was around, it was starting to get into winter. Yeah. So what's funny is I'd never really thought about it like this, but ultimately what happened right after we kind of had our breakup is that I got really into somatic dance and healing and I went to this um five rhythms weekend class and it was all about decluttering which is a huge part of my self journey of just decluttering things decluttering da, 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 things mindset all of these things energies but I was actually working on decluttering you know the men that were in my life because <laughs> there mm. was a, a few things so I actually went on this whole journey of of decluttering my love life and it felt like the one area of my life that I didn't have under control. And so I was able to step into that and fully commit to it without someone there guiding me, which actually in hindsight was really great. Um, And that's when I got the courage to, you know, lean into liking my best friend and going into that relationship so it's kind of interesting I never thought about it as like what catalyzed and what happened afterwards but maybe that catalyzed you know a a lot more um, trust in myself and me Mm -hmm. being able to do that and now Ryan and I are together and I mean I couldn't be happier and I know you've watched us through that whole story (sighs) but um, I'm not sure I'm not sure if if it would have happened, if we were still coaching, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I mean, that's exactly what I, I think I was feeling into is that in order to, we had walked ourselves together through some really monumental pieces of our life. Yeah. And I think at that point, we had kind of graduated from each other. Yeah. You weren't necessarily being transformed (laughs) through working with me and vice versa and I knew that there was more beyond the threshold of like let's just be coaching each other yeah and I didn't know what that was and it felt really scary because that meant that I had to take self-responsibility right there was no longer somebody there that was um not responsible for my growth, but like really like propping me up, mama burning me through the situations that I found myself in. And it was at that point that I finally decided to start taking things like human design seriously and really conceptualizing what that would look like to be a practitioner and offer readings and I was able to start conceptualizing my first program and container and that breakup is what really anchored me into, well, if this wasn't the ideal co-creative coaching relationship or mentorship relationship, what was? And there was this like clarity, right? And I think 
having the constraints of a mentorship relationship taken off of our relationship made it just so much more fun Mm -hmm. to me. Like we were able to just like check in with each other as friends and just like show up because we love each other, not because we had made this commitment every two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember, you know, early in this podcast, I said that, you know, there was still so much I needed to learn from you. And I think that it wasn't in the sense of coaching. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I knew that. I think when we had our conversation, I thought, yeah, I could feel this for, I think it was in the summer that we both started to feel like this isn't really working, but it was taking, I was, a part of me was happy that you had had the courage to come forward and say it because I didn't know what it looked like either because I didn't Mm want to lose you as a friend. You know, I didn't want to, I loved you. I love you. (laughs) And so I think that's beautiful. And you also touched on something really, really great too, which I, you know, not sure how much we can get into this, but the reliance on coaches too, which mm-hmm. is, can be a dangerous thing, right? Of like, oh. how long can people work with someone before it's just, it's no longer actually helpful. It's hindering them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, you're just a crutch for them. You're not actually letting them go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately I know as my role as a mentorship or a mentor or a guide, right? My, the ideal situation is not to have somebody work with me forever. I don't want repeat clients ideally. No. Like <laughs> maybe, maybe a second go around at like a shorter term, yeah. but like if I have to be working with you for several years, I'm not doing my job. Absolutely. Right? Like I want you to graduate from me. I want you to like surpass what you're getting from me so that you can come back to self-sourcing and if working with someone else down the line is the right move, great. If it's not, fuck yeah, right? Like that's the whole point of of this like whole pursuit of self-development is that you actually develop yourself to the point where you don't need the tools anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm, I love it. We went in so many directions today. So many directions. (laughs) Um, I definitely want to honor our time, but I would love to just open the floor to you to share with our listeners where they can find you and connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Kat Kieran's. You can also head to my website, which is katherinekierens.com. And you can always book a clarity call or you can just slide into my DM so we can have a quick chat. Lovely. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Kat, for being here. I love you so much. This was so fun. fun. Thank you for having me. I loved it.